Welcome to Marketing Demystified, the podcast that connects the dots for business leaders to drive revenue through effective marketing strategy. We chat with marketing experts on different topics that will help you ramp up your revenue. We stream live on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platforms. Marketing Demystified, the podcast, is presented to you by GrowGetter, your partner in growth marketing. And here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. Are you ready to be inspired, informed, and empowered with actionable tips to transform your marketing game? You're in the right place. Welcome to Marketing Demystified. I'm your host, Jen Mancusi, CEO and co-founder of GrowGetter, your growth marketing partner. Artificial intelligence is the big buzzword in marketing these days, has been for probably the last year plus, um, and it can be used in a variety of different ways. Um, We've even got a list of 27 AI-powered marketing tools on our blog you can go and check out. There's a lot of content out there for you to uh, leverage. It's also true specifically for search engine optimization, which is a great way to drive marketing results, as you know. Um, So to get a deeper look at how to use AI specifically in your SEO strategy, I'm joined today by digital marketing guru, Neil Patel. Neil's a New York Times bestselling author, a top influencer on the web, according to the Wall Street Journal, a top 10 marketer, according to Forbes. And Entrepreneur Entrepreneur Magazine says he created one of the 100 most brilliant companies. Wow, that is a mouthful. I am honored to have him on the show today. Really excited to hear his thoughts and tips on this topic. Welcome to the show, Neil. Uh, Thanks for having me. So happy to have you here today. Um, Really looking forward to all of your tips and wisdom on this subject. So maybe to kick off, let's maybe break things down into different categories, analysis, content creation, maybe even content optimization. What are some of the ways we should be thinking about applying AI in these different categories around SEO? Sure. So let's start off with keyword research. Um, With keyword research, these platforms are able to analyze the keywords that are on your page and you can actually have them give you more long-tail queries, give you informational keywords, navigational, transactional, and they can break it down in buckets. I like using, I like having BARD uh, break it down into three those three categories. Um, another thing that you can end up doing is you can have it start writing your content, although we've seen the content quality not be as great as a human can write, but if you combine a human with AI, you can end up saving time. Another strategy that we've been using is, and this works really well with BARD, if websites are ranking higher than you, you ask search engines or ask BARD to analyze the players above you and tell, talk about what their content have to offer and what makes it so amazing and what's differentiated. And then you have it then compare in another prompt to your content on a specific URL and you ask for the differences. And then Bard will be able to give you some ideas on what you're missing that some of the competitors have as well. Yeah, that's a great tip. Um, Is is there some significance to using Bard in that example versus another tool? Is it because it's a Google property that you're focusing there or what are your... They they both work quite well, but I recommend Bard over ChatGPT because ChatGPT, you can't do a lot of these things unless you pay, I think it's $20 a month. 
I have no issues paying $20 a month, but I know some people are strapped for a budget. And depending on where you are in the world, $20 in certain countries is a lot of money on a monthly basis. Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's a great tip. Um, like going back to what you were saying about um, the keyword research. So you you said kind of use it to analyze your page, recommend some long tail keywords. Is that, how do you see the trend of more and more long tail keywords being used? Is that is that something that, um, you know, it used to be you just want to rank for one or two word sort of key phrase, but now there's more and more conversation about long tail. Is that because of the kind of evolution of search behavior and, you know, people are asking more questions on Google? What do you think, what do you see in that trend of long tail? It's definitely because we're seeing a lot more people ask questions on Google. It's affecting uh, the long tail. And we, we consider what we're really seeing a shift is what we call the ultra long tail in which people are typing in, you know, call it seven or more keywords. And what we're seeing is there's just a big difference uh, in the amount of revenue you make. So with our business, when we looked at 2022 versus 2023, and funny enough, I just published a blog post on this. When we looked at 2022 versus 2023, when it comes to um, traffic, you know, most of my traffic, when I look at a percentage wise, one to two words, words make up 18.43%, three to six words make up 57.31%, and seven or more words break, make down 24.6%, uh, 4.26%. But when you look at the revenue breakdown, seven or more word phrases make up 48.95% of our revenue. It makes up the biggest chunk. Now, the next big chunk is in three to six words, but seven word phrases aren't driving the most traffic, but yet they're driving the most revenue, seven plus word phrases. And we've been seeing a shift when we compared it to 2022 versus 2023 data. In 2022, we generated 31.2% uh, of our revenue from seven or more word search phrases. And then 2023, it changed to 48.95% when relatively they stayed the same. Um, what we're seeing is though, because of AI and all the changes, people are now typing in longer queries and expecting to get results and what they're looking for because they're getting used to AI more and they're taking that to search as well. Mm. Yeah. I love that trend actually of people asking more specific questions as opposed to just typing in those keywords. And, um, and I know today actually the topic is AI for SEO, but I love hearing all of the data that you're sharing. Like, I just have to ask, like, how are you tracking? How are you connecting the dots between your SEO strategy directly with revenue? Cause this is something that our audience asks about all the time. We're always talking about like, how are you doing that today? Like all that great data. Yeah, so we're tracking it. We use analytics, you tie it into Salesforce, you use Search Console. Uh, you got to have a holistic analytics view. And when I mean holistics, I'm not talking just about search. You got to look at your email, you got to look at social media, you got to look at your paid ads, you got to look at first touch, you got to look at last touch. You also want to do attribution modeling in which, you know, how much value do you want to assign to each? And this all helps you determine the true ROI that you're getting. And the reason I bring this up is, some people think it's like, oh, I got a visitor from SEO. Oh, they didn't convert. They only gave me an email address. But they came back three days later and they made a purchase, right? 
if they never came to your site from SEO, you would have never got that conversion. But on the flip side, if they never gave you their email address and you didn't send them that email, you would have never got the conversion. So is attribution purely SEO? No. Is it attribution purely email? No. It's a combo of both. Yeah. Yeah. I always say this to people like email is never going to be your first touch, right? Like you had to have gotten their email somewhere, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't have any value in your journey. So it's super important to have different attribution models in place to be able to measure that. Yep. So, uh, okay. So I want to talk a little bit more about um, maybe like analyzing and comparing your content to higher ranking uh, sites for keywords. Like what are, how are you, um, great tip to kind of put in those prompts, as you mentioned, to compare the two pages. How are you identifying content that you want to compete more effectively with to begin with? Sure. So First off, Google admitted to the DOJ, which is the Department of uh, Justice, I believe, that they do not understand files. So forget content. What's written in files could be a web page, could be a PDF. You know, uh, they don't necessarily understand it; they fake it. And the easiest way to figure out what you want to resemble or what you want to be like is you Google for the terms you want to rank for, but you're not. And you look at who's above you, one, two, three, four, whatever, however many spots. Some of them may not have content that you like. And again, Google's faking it. So someone ranking above you doesn't necessarily mean they have better content, but you can take the ones that are above you that you like and that you think people will like and use that to get a better understanding of what your North star is, what you need a model to. That's great. Um, I love this tip. I'm going to be doing it immediately after this. <laughs> I mean, it, there's always that case where you just, you've written a blog or you've written content that you think is so great and you can't get above that third spot or whatever. Um, this is a great way to kind of tell you like what's missing from this or, or how can I, yep. how can I improve it? Um, so I'm, I'm like, holding myself back from going and doing it right now. <laughs> well, I'll wait till we're done with this conversation. Um, and, and, and I like using BARD over chat GPT for these kind of things because BARD is written by engineers at Google. You're optimizing for Google. I, you know, I don't have any proof or, you know, data to show you, you got to trust BARD over chat GPT. It's just your goals rank higher on Google. Why not use the platform that they also created from their engineers to analyze things? Yeah, I mean that might not be science, but it it jives with me. I believe it, so I think that's a it's a good approach. Um, I'm I'm definitely going to be exploring that. Um, what about some of the different steps of creating fresh content? Obviously, we we talked about keyword research. Um, you kind of warned a little bit against letting AI write too much of your content for you. So I want to talk more about that, but how can AI make some of the other steps or all of the steps in content creation specifically for SEO easier, more efficient, and ultimately more effective? It can help really well with ideation, but ideally you want to talk about new stuff that others haven't talked about. It can help with outlining. It can help with uh, coming up with keywords that are both navigational, transactional, um, and informational, right? Those three. It also can help when you're writing content, you know, a lot of times you have to do research and AI can help a lot with research. 
um, we had a case study that went out that we worked with University of Technical Institute, which is a college, and we created a lot of different uh, pages in different cities, but we had AI help us do all the research on all these cities because creating them from scratch would have taken forever. So AI can do a lot for you and it can make the job easier for a human. Um, you just don't want AI to do the whole thing, at least in its current form, because it's not going to offer anything unique or new or fresh that is going to be interesting for most people. Yeah, we did a predictions episode at the, earlier in the in the year, uh, just kind of looking at a lot of the marketing predictions and sort of B two B trends. And one of the, the themes that's come out of a lot of marketing thought leaders is that. 2024 is the year of original content. And yeah. that is the thing that AI cannot do, right? Is like actually create original content. So, you know, that I love the, you know, leverage AI for everything you can around that. Do with the yes. research, the keyword research, the outlining, the ideation, but keep writing your own or creating your own original content. I think that's a big important thing. And I'm with you. I actually talked about how the big opportunity in SEO this year is to manually write your content because <laughs> mm. everyone's using AI and it's just regurgitated stuff that's getting pushed out. Yeah, and that's the way that you can actually stand out from all of the AI generated content. It is getting easier and easier to, I think, identify content that's been written by AI versus content that's been written by humans. And yep. um, so it's it's important to have your own voice in the content that you're creating, especially for SEO. Um, and I want to step back because you, you've mentioned this a couple of times, these three categories of keywords, navigational, informational, and transactional. Can you define those for our listeners? Yeah, sure. So um, information, think of top of funnel. Think of transactional as bottom of funnel, like someone's looking to do a purchase and look at navigational as middle of funnel. That's the easiest way to think about it. I know a lot of people like giving definitions, but think about one brings people to your site, people just interested in doing research, that's informational. Navigational helps them figure out where they need to go and what they're you know honed down on it, on the product, the service, uh, and understand why they should buy something. And transactional is for when they're ready to make that purchase. That's super helpful. So it's like building that awareness and education at the top, giving them some direction in the middle and then getting them to convert. Exactly. Amazing. Thank you for that. Um, at what point are you seeing, maybe we've already covered this a little bit, but where are you seeing SEO writers or SEO strategists over rely on AI in their processes today? Mainly to writing the whole piece of content. Yeah. And not just in English, because the big opportunity in SEO is not in the United States or in the UK. There is still opportunity in these regions, but the big opportunity is actually in doing SEO globally because markets like Brazil and India may not have the GDP as of, of the US or of Germany or Japan, but it's big enough and there's a lot of population and there is money there. So what we're finding is if you what a lot of SEOs are doing is they're creating content through AI. That's one thing. But even if they manually create it, they're very heavily relying on AI to just translate and transcribe their content to all these other languages. And it's a good idea. We do it as well. But if you don't have a human review it and make sure it's adjusted to the local market, it does not do well. And no joke, you know, when we cranked out 
call it, you know, a hundred articles for translating and transcribing. I don't have the exact percentage, but I do know a human adjusts way more than 95%. It's very rare that they don't ever adjust the article. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, a direct translation is not going to globalize the content. Um, and I imagine no. that the people and also the algorithms are going to see right through something that's just been been trans directly translated. Yeah. So are there tools out there that are are useful in actually globalizing content or is it really like you need the people? It's so critical to have the people. Yeah, uh, I think it's critical to have the people. The one piece of one tool that I like and it uses AI is HeyGen. It can end up adjusting your video. So like we're doing this thing right now, we're live, you're on LinkedIn and probably other platforms as well. But what HeyGen does is it'll take the video, dub it and convert it into a lot of different languages and it sounds like you still. Wow. This is amazing. We uh, we have a client that does a podcast in English and French, but it, there's always an English episode and a French episode that we do separately. So we'll have to look into that for, for them specifically. But I love that. That's amazing. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I definitely could see, though, how over overusing AI just for a direct translation isn't going to yield the results that you want. Um, so... What steps would you recommend content teams take to ensure that the, the outputs from AI and really any recommendations that they're making are actually correct and the right direction? You have to be very specific with your prompts. So for example, if I'm having AI uh, you know, create content for me, I get really specific with my prompts. Um, and I can actually give you the prompt. Let's see. Content AI, Neil Patel, I think I have it. I'm trying to end up finding it. I, I have so much content, sometimes it takes <laughs> That's okay, take your time. We'll wait for the, for All right. the prompt. So the, the prompt that I use for a blog post, and it's pretty lengthy, um, is I want to write an article about insert topic that includes stats and cite your sources. Make sure you cover information that most websites don't talk about and use storytelling in the introductory paragraph. The article should be written in a conversational tone. The article should be tailored to, and then insert in your ideal customer profile. The article should focus on, talk about what you want to talk about instead of, and then insert what you don't want it to talk about. Please mention, insert your company name or product or service in the article and how we can help insert your ideal customer uh, persona again with, and then insert the problem that your product or service solves. And please don't mention your product or company name more than twice. Wow. And wrap up the article with the conclusion and end the last sentence in the article with a question. That's typically the prompt that we give AI to write articles. That's amazing. That's, I mean, most writers are saying write an article about X. <laughs> yeah, but then you don't really get what you want and then it takes forever to modify it. So we try to get super specific. That's the key with AI. The more specific you get, the better off you are. And then instead of just giving one long prompt, in this case it works, but you ideally want to give it smaller prompts and keep giving it prompts because it gives it more time to think. 
Oh, that's interesting. So kind of, you know, write an article about X, blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe there's a couple of, of those things in there. And then the next is, you know, refining it or updating the tone or things like that. Yes. It gives AI a lot more time to think and it makes it better versus if you just give one thing in there and you're just like, hey, you got to figure it out. And what you'll find is if you give too much to the prompt um, and not enough time for the AI to think, because it is a computer, the results just aren't that great. Yeah, that's a that's a great tip. And I find too that sometimes just saying, uh, you know, that wasn't really what I was looking for. Can you try again? <laughs> With a little bit more information, it does come out with better things. Um, and are, in this example, too, of this prompt, are you still kind of, is Bard your go-to? Is that sort of where you're sticking? Yes. Yeah. Chat GPT is amazing. But again, you got to pay $20 a month yeah. for it to be. It's already amazing as is, but $20 really makes it amazing. And not everyone can afford that. Right, right. Well, and there's a lot of other tools out there that are being built or that are emerging that do similar things or that are advertised specifically for content writers. And they all have different reasons why it's great. You know, there's some that you can build in your brand tone of voice and it's always going to write in that brand tone of voice. There's others that allow for more input, which we tend to lean towards tools that allow you to input content in order to spit out other content. Um, so I'm always curious what people are um, kind of playing around with and testing, or if it's really just kind of the big ones that, um, you know, ChatGPT premium or or the free barred version that you're leaning towards. Yep. Yeah, no, I, look, th I think they're both great. Uh, I tend to use barred uh, and ChatGPT, the premium version, either one is fine. Um, and they're both really good. And in a lot of cases, use both and see what they each produce and it'll give you an idea of what you want to use each time. And you, what you'll find is it's not necessarily chat GPT is better or BART is better. Sometimes you take a little bit from each and then you have what you want. Yeah, for sure. And maybe it's a combination of the two and using both will give you some ideas. And um, I find that's actually where I'm leaning on AI more so from an, a content perspective is like, I've, I've got a moment of writer's block. I just need some inspiration, right? And sometimes yeah. that research or those outlines or that ideation, like you're talking about, I know what I want to say, but I'm just having a hard time getting started, but leaning still on that original content, human generated content, but using it as a, um, a, a building block or a starting, starting line is, is always helpful. Yep. Amazing. Well, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today. Um, really appreciate your insight and your guidance and your prompt, your very own prompt. That's amazing. I'm going to try that. Um, so thank you for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'm going to be back with another episode next week. I'm chatting with Elliot Curry. We'll see you then.